welcome to ESD Explored, the podcast that talks to people about how they are managing the environmental, social and governance factors, how they are identifying the risks and embracing the opportunities. In this episode, my co-host Dr John Roskush and I will be joined by Steve Greenwood, the CEO and co-founder of Queensland Futures Institute. QFI is a unique collaboration of business, government, industry and research, proactively working to strengthen Queensland economy through policy focus. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to the discussion. That's great. So, Steve, you have a large cross-section of members at QFI. How are you seeing their um, adaptation to ESG? I think one of the, the big things we're seeing at the moment is the overall awareness, and even not just with our members, but more global awareness of ESG and what it means for our future um, that global awareness is now you know, becoming front and centre. Um, a lot of the um, ESG initiatives to date have been driven out of uh, investors, the investment area, yeah. looking for money um, and, and a demand from their stakeholders and, and, and um, supporters to invest that money in mm. green areas, green areas, mm. more sustainable areas. Um, so that in in turn, you know, the, the, and our members are the larger organisations, so they're, they're keenly focused uh, on ESG, ESG opportunities. I think they're also um, very uh, keenly aware of the reputational issues around ESG. Um, and what I mean by that is if, you know, there is a lot of discussion now around the Greenwashing, basically, mm. and that's you know that reputational risk now for large corporates is everything. So, you know, it was only maybe you know maybe a short five to ten years ago where corporate reputation was assumed; it wasn't really focused on. But now, at a board level, uh, reputational uh, risk is now is front and centre, uh, and a big part of that is sits around the, their ESG activity and reporting. So that's a big focus for them. Um, It'd be fair to say uh, there's a lot of uh, questions at a, within the large organisations in terms of uh, you know whether they are meeting at a board level whether they are actually meeting ESG because the biggest issues are around standards and compliance with yeah. set yeah. criteria and commonality around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, apples with measuring apples with apples, so to speak. So that's one of the biggest, um, I suppose, areas that and concerns for most organisations is we're happy to report on this stuff but you know are we reporting on the one sort of framework so that is a role uh, for government uh, also working very closely mm. with industry and developing uh, you know, stronger more consistent agreed standards so that organisations can demonstrate um, their, whether they're meeting ESG goals or not. So that's probably one of the, the biggest yeah. things. And I think uh, one of the other things that uh, is part of the ESG discussion is that um, the we, we live, particularly focusing on Australia and Queensland, we actually are one of the wealthiest, uh, highly advanced nations in the world. There's, you know, that's beyond question. So a lot of our core systems and procedures are... Very sophisticated. So we actually, yeah, for me, from our point of view, um, ESG isn't such. We're not starting from ground zero. You know, a lot of our societal systems, um, legal requirements, for instance, our environmental uh, requirements, 
are very sophisticated. They are the world, you know, they are world leading. So, you know, we are already through that legislation, through compliance with a lot of those uh, existing laws and societal expectations. A lot, yeah, a lot of our community is actually already meeting a lot of yeah. those ESG goals. So it's not, you know, I think a lot of people are going, oh my God, this is a big thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. a big mountain to climb. But I would also, I would argue that, you know, we're already probably halfway up that mountain. Yeah. yeah. And it's just how, you know, where to go from here. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's probably the biggest, you know, issues facing the big corporates, you know, the big organisations. Now, the, the thing is, the big corporates mm. uh, are looking at those challenges and, and meeting mm. it. So what is their expectation about the other smaller businesses that may be part of that supply chain? Mm. How do you see that? Because we're talking about some of those challenges mm. and then later on we'll talk about some of the opportunities as mm. well for that. Yeah, I think it's, it's a really good point, John. I think with if you look at the Queensland business structure, mm. we have a, a very small number of large organisations but we have a very large number of small businesses. You know, yeah. Very uh, tens and tens of thousands. I'm sure the the good people at the, um, the chamber could tell us that, but it is tens of thousands. They are typically, you know, between one and five people, yeah. uh, and they and because, as going back to my original point, because they operate in an advanced society which has you know, detailed. Um, regulatory requirements that they have to meet in terms of yeah. operating any business that they have, as well as a very high level societal expectations in how they operate, let alone the legislation. There is a, you know, the Australian and Queensland community expects these businesses to operate in a certain, in a certain way and manner. Um, so these small businesses spend a, a reasonable amount of their time meeting, yeah. you know, not, not only just producing whatever it is, a widget or a service, but they spend a lot of their time, you know, operating within and meeting the expectations set through legislation and through broader societal expectations. It takes them away from what they would see as their core business. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm yeah. thinking, oh my God, here comes mm. another thing on top of me. Exactly. And yeah. but at the same time, maybe the, don't panic just yet because there's still you've probably got a lot of the stuff you already need to meet those. That's right. Companies. Yeah, and that, I suppose that's my point is that. Yeah, if you look at uh, a lot of a number of the initiatives that we see you know, are, are global initiatives, yeah. are often you know they often arise from an awareness of challenges that are being faced in not so developed nations, mm-hmm. um, and so some of the standards that you see, yeah, particularly around issues like um, uh, the slavery yeah. type yeah. regulations. I mean. You know, in a, in a modern society like Australia, you'd sort of hope that we've actually addressed most of those issues now. Not to say that our supply chain, you know, is fully across those issues now, but we're pretty confident that within Australia, where we control things and where we regulate it, most of those issues are, you know, are out of the system. Um, so I think, you know, our our current way of operating is already there. So, but saying that, um, there, you know, we can see coming down the line. There will be changes. You know, mm. there will be uh, changes uh, and expectations brought on by through the supply chain. So, if these smaller organisations are part of a supply chain that ultimately delivers delivers a product, um, there will be an expectation that they somehow engage in that ESG reporting yeah. framework, 
and I dare say as a small to medium sized business, that is just they probably do see it as just an additional load and they're mm. going, Oh my god, how do we actually do this? But again, turning around, you know, Australia is a leader in this. Uh, Queensland's definitely a leader and there's an opportunity there for actually getting on the front foot and start working and defining how we can support, engage uh, and demonstrate that there is actually going to be a market advantage to these small and medium businesses by actually engaging and doing what they need to do. I wanted to get to the point where opportunities. Now, I know this is uh, an area that you're very interested in because obviously Queensland has committed to some pretty big ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be some opportunities in there. So how does ESG fit into some of those opportunities? Because your members are going to be part mm. of those new you know, sort of vision, the big yeah, drivers that are coming out there. I mean, yeah. I think the Queensland government's committed to some fairly um, mm. big vision out there. Mm. I think the uh, the Queensland government's recent announcement about their investment in renewable energy generation is a significant announcement mm. um, by any any measure. Uh, it's actually uh, quite quite um, unique in a society where we're quite often you know reasonably critical of government and a lack of inaction when it comes to actually thought leadership and actually delivering on projects. So it's to be fair, we've been asking for ambition, haven't we? we have. We've and been now, delivered an ambitious absolutely. target, and I think that's and, a good thing. You know, that's that's what we want from government, and they're doing yeah. it. So, this is a pretty exciting area for us. It's still early days, but very exciting to see a government actually commit long-term, big big investment dollars to back up their policy beliefs. Mm. So, um, but like I said, a long way to go on that. In terms of uh, opportunities, uh, one of the big areas that I think um, Queensland could benefit from or should will benefit from if we actually keep moving down this, this area is through that whole um, area of uh, green investment. Um, we all hear uh, that there's a lot of money um, all washing around the world, a lot yeah. of money looking mm. for uh, a place to invest that actually you know, ticks sustainability, gives a big sustainability tick. Um, to grow, Queensland needs to attract these investment dollars mm-hmm. and there's no doubt in my mind that by Queensland moving down a path of renewable energy, uh, you know, a big percentage of its renewable energy generation to be uh, delivered to fund the activities of the state, that's going to attract money mm-hmm. and a lot of money. Yeah. So that's that's very exciting mm-hmm. and I think big part of this is how we market that to the world yeah. and obviously we have a big marketing opportunity coming up very soon. Well, soon as in a decade, uh, through the Olympics. So mm. we're well and truly down that path. That's, you know, if, that, if everything lines up, uh, that is going to be a very exciting place and position for, for Queensland to be. I agree. I look at that, the Olympics, um, Steve, as a way that, you know, it's that point in, in the distance that's sort of pinnacle that we're all moving towards, mm. but it's almost our demonstration point, isn't it? Yes. And it's, yes. it's a good target to start reaching things, mm. and it, it's just sort of that point where we mm. can then demonstrate for mm. the next 10, 20, 30 years after that, that we have got that investment and the supply in, in chain right around that. Mm. No, that. And that's a good point. I think one of the... The Olympics are a great uh, marketing opportunity I think to make the most of that, it would be really good if we look beyond the Olympics, yeah. 
which is to your point and looked at yeah where are we going where are we planning to be by 2040 2050 yeah in Particularly, so let's talk about renewable energy and where that space is, because currently our targets go out, I think, to you know, 85%. Mm. Uh, um, and look, given the, to be fair to the government, to be, uh, it's a moving space. Yeah. You know, there's new tech coming through, there's better batteries, there's you know, more efficient solar systems, that sort of stuff. So uh, their goals are, are good in that context, but I think... We probably would like to think, you know, there's an opportunity to have a very clear vision of exactly where we want to be. You know, if we're going to be the renewable energy powerhouse for, say, you know, Asia and Asia Pacific, mm-hmm. let's really look, you know, as far as possible, lock that down, and then everything we do work towards that. And the Olympics have, uh, pre- present the opportunity to provide a very important marketing yeah. tool. To and a common goal. Yeah. And a common goal, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But as part of the, <clears throat> I guess, the Futures Institute, I mean, uh, I'm sure our, the other states, um, New South Wales and, and Western Australia, want to, will give us some competition in terms <laughs> of renewable energy. But there is also a lot of natural capital that mm. sits around mm. Queensland. Mm. I mean, it, that we talk about food production, we talk about tourism, and so you would also be looking at some of those because mm. um, in terms of the future, there are lots of other industries that could also um, benefit as a as a collateral from from. This Absolutely, yeah. 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 I think mm. the whole role of natural capital, uh, natural capital investment. I think it's for a lot of people. It's a lot of organisations. It's very early days because mm. it's uh, you know there's a, some there's some good thinking around that, but it's far from mainstream in terms mm. of how. That that concept and how natural capital um, can add its role in in attracting investment dollars. And I suppose I always go back to um, our major focus is building um, and growing Queensland. Mm. One of their biggest needs is investment capital. Mm. Now, if we can do that through attracting money to invest in you know, sustainability, mm. all the best. So, mm. but back to your point, yeah, the natural capital investment. But I think uh, more broadly. Um, because I think one of the things about ESG is you always tend to focus on the E. Yeah. You know, we always do, and that's because that's what they're sort of familiar with. But the S and the G are also very, very important. And again, we, as a society, um, we're pretty. You know, we actually do. We can always improve, but yeah. our standards are pretty good. You know, yeah. at a global standard. So I think we just need to actually make ourselves more known. Mm-hmm. To the uh, bigger markets, um, and I think that's one of the opportunities, and that's where you know again the government's doing some good leadership in that area too. Yeah, because obviously a big announcement tends to draw attention, mm. so mm. so we'll we'll get asked a lot of questions on that. Mm. Steve, this has been great. Have you got any final points you want to talk about what QFI are doing in the space? Like I know that you've got a um, you know you often run councils and mm. and meetings, and you you have a lot of events that focus around some of this big policy stuff. What's next with QFI in the ESG space? The yeah, we do. As you said, we've got a number of different um, mechanisms that we use to engage with our members around ESG. Uh, we have a working group, a roundtable, um, and it'd be fair to say the first meeting of that there was a, 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 a really good discussion. But I think the summary was that gee, this is big. You know? <laughs> so, so we've got a lot of lot of more. We've got a lot more work to do there. Um, we've also done some work 
uh, so we've had a, a couple of larger events. Again, some really good, good discussion by, by leaders in the field as to some of the opportunities around this, particularly, again, back to the investment side, investment attraction. Um, I think the, there's a couple of things that probably we're, you know, we're, that's focusing the attention of our members. One is uh, this whole area around need, the need for a standard or standard set criteria. Um, that's really important. Yeah. Unless we get a, you know, a, a set parameters on which we can report on, not just individual companies, but as a just as a state, so we can actually demonstrate with great confidence that whether we're meeting certain standards, mm. and so and we can we can promote that to the world, or indeed whether we need to do further work because mm. there will be elements there where we're going to have to invest and change and that sort of stuff. Unless we get those parameters right, those standards right, um, this is going to be so much more challenging. So I think from our point of view, that's where we can and should put a lot more investment and focus and support, which is probably going to be done at a federal government level in, in working with other global corporations and global governments and Standards Australia, etc. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's where the big the, the, there's a need for a real focus and a, some prioritisation around that. Once we get down, you know, that established, that's going to make um, the next steps down the ESG yeah. path so much easier. But we're not there yet, and that's not to say we should stop yeah. doing anything now. I think discussions like this are absolutely ideal. We do need to build awareness. Mm. You know, and it's very important that there is at least information exchange between people. And again, that's one of the things that we do as in, in the Futures Institute is bringing a whole lot of really diverse members together and sharing their understanding, their learnings, mm. uh, their activity, and it, just through that is a, is a very positive, very positive thing. Oh, I think that's great because it's some of the conversations we're having, it's people are actually doing some of this stuff. They just mm. haven't collated the data mm. in a way that's sort of reportable against some of the mm. standards. So it is good to have those awareness conversations and keep mm. keep talking to people so that they are realising um, to start where to look for the data in their own organisation mm. that it's, they need to to call on. And it's so easy to actually when you bring two you know two organisations together and and, and that information exchange can be so simple. For instance, yeah. um, we hosted an event uh, within uh, Gaidens last night, and at the start of the event, uh, Gaidens have produced this brilliant video on acknowledgement of country, mm-hmm. and it's a very, it's really well done, and it really defines clearly the steps that Gaidens is undertaking yeah. to promote uh, and work. You know, with the whole concept of reconciliation, and they're very pragmatic. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to some of the ANZ people afterwards, and they said that was one of the best videos we've ever seen. And so they're going to talk to Gaidens and say, "Look, we wouldn't mind doing a similar thing about ANZ mm-hmm. because the way you've done that is very practical, mm-hmm. and that's just simple information exchange that will result in massive change." You know. Yeah, and, and that's that, your S. You're reporting in your S exactly. right there. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much what you guys do. Is you mm-hmm. share that information across yeah. a, a number of your organisations. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. So that's very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you for sharing that bit of information with, I guess, with us. So we really yeah. appreciate that. And probably for small businesses who may not necessarily be mm-hmm. part of that. So. Yeah. Okay. Thank thanks, Steve. Thanks. That's been really good um, to have the conversation. So thanks for joining us today. Um, it's so if people want to find out anything more about the work of QFI and become a member, obviously, 
Uh, they should pop online, search QFI, and um, and I do also encourage them to have a look at the work that you've been doing over the years around policy and and driving that agenda as well. That's it's all there on the website, so mm. they should have yeah. A there's, look. A, there's a there's a report that's only about a month or so old on. Uh, we call it Better Ideas. It's yeah. all about ESG and what it means for Queensland. So it's it's a good overview of some of the priorities that we're seeing. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank, thank you, Josh. Yeah. Always pleasure. Queensland Trust for Nature and ESG Explored acknowledge the traditional owners on the country throughout Australia, their diverse and continuing connections to the land, sea and community. We acknowledge they were the first conservationists and scientists and have cared for this land for their future generations. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening today. Yeah.